I mean, I, I've DNF more events than I can count on both my hands, but you know, it hasn't stopped me. My mom told me when I, when I was, uh, learning how to ride a bike, I stayed out there all day and kept falling off and falling off and falling <laughs> off. And then eventually I got it. Don't let it stop you. You just keep, you know, you fall off the bike, you just get back on and keep going, you know? You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. All right, guys, welcome to the Run the Riot podcast, and today we've got a treat for you. If you remember, uh, I guess a few podcasts ago, I did an interview with Walter Hanloser, uh, who currently has the record. He did... 50 100 mile races in 2019 pretty amazing well the gentleman we're going to talk to now billy richards the 100 mile slayer was also going for a similar record uh of running 100 mile races this year uh he ended up having to stop a little short of his goal but uh billy ran every single one of these 100 mile races and others carrying a big american flag uh, I had the privilege before I even know who he was. At the end of 2018, I, I ran the Lou Garou 100 miler. Um, I have an interview with the race director, uh, Edie Cuvion. And um, she, um, I just remember I, I had finished and I showered and I rested a little while and I came back and I got to witness this guy finishing the race with a big American flag. And I even got a few pictures of it. And it was pretty amazing just to see. And um, uh, little did I know that I would be interviewing him. And, man, I find out uh, in this interview, you'll get to hear, I mean, he's done a lot more than just the, the, the 30-something hundred milers he did this year. He's done a lot of crazy things with a ruck pack. And, um, man, just listen to all that Billy's done, and uh, just be in amazement. Hope you're challenged. I was challenged after um, spending time with him, and uh, just check it out, and uh, let me know what you think. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we are talking with Billy, the 100-miler slayer, Richards. And um, uh, Billy's been real busy this year. We've been had a bunch of guys doing a lot of uh, a lot of craziness, man, uh, running a whole lot of races. And um, if you heard the podcast previously with Walt, he mentions uh, Billy in particular, and they've got to run together and do some things. And so, uh, so uh, we're going to go through all that, but um, we're going to find out a little bit more about this guy here named Billy Richards. So, Billy, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Thank you for taking time to to chat with us and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, all the fun stuff you've been up to this year. So, uh, so man, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. So, how, how – uh, how long have you been running, man? What what's what's got you into running? Where are you where are you from, and and how'd you get into this stuff? Well, from a, from a workout standpoint, I've been working out. Uh, I started I started working out when I was 13 years old, but I originally started out as like a gym rat. So that was uh, you know I was 13 back in like 95, and um, I started running um, you know like just training running around 98 99. You know when I was training to go into the military and everything was obviously you know with the military had a running background. But um, yeah, I did uh, well, I did four years in the Marine Corps, and then uh, then I had a six year gap. I always continued to run. Then I had three years in the Army, 
And during my second term of service is pretty much when I got into racing. Um, it was um, it was June of 2010. I had a few friends that were doing this um, Army birthday 10 miler down on uh, Fort Bragg. So, you know, I decided that, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, I was always into like fitness and stuff like that. Obviously, I was a personal trainer in between enlistments. I still am today. But, um, yeah, I, I just, um, you know, I decided to go ahead and do it. And then, you know, I did the 10 miler, like the atmosphere and everything. You know, it wasn't my best run, but, you know, just uh, like doing it. And then uh, then we went away to went away for a training for about a month. Then when I came back from uh, training, um, I decided to do another 10K that was like uh, about two hours outside of town. And then from that 10K, I decided to shoot straight up to a marathon. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, I did that 10K in September. So this is like three months after the 10-miler. Yeah. And then the marathon would be that November, which is two months after that. <laughs> no. I kind of trained for it on accident. Because um, I got one, of the, you know, it was, it, I was new to the whole GPS thing. I got like a 4Runner 405 or whatever, you know, which I guess was like high speed at the time or what, you know. So, yeah, I, um, you know, I started running with that and, you know, it almost felt like I, I was hooked up to that Endomondo site. So it kind of felt like I was like playing a video game, like racking up calories <laughs> yeah. off and stuff like that. So I ended up doing like two a days running, you know, 10, 20 mile runs. And I, I just kind of trained for it by accident. Like, I didn't really look up that much of a training plan or anything. And, um, you know, so I'm doing this while I'm in the process of training to be, you know, I didn't make it all the way through the program before anyone calls me out on anything. But I'm (laughs) doing this process of uh, attempting to be a special forces operator in the Army. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I signed up for this marathon with a friend. It was the uh, City of Oaks Marathon in Raleigh, if you're familiar with it. And, um, heard of it. Yeah. you know, I ended up going there by myself because we had gotten scheduled. We had a 12 mile road march we were supposed to do, um, earlier in the week. And because of logistical reasons, it got rescheduled to Monday and, uh, the marathon was on Sunday. So <laughs> my friend bailed on it cause he didn't want to fail out of the course or risk bailing out. But I looked at it and I'm like, you know, I've ran about 20 miles before, you know, what the hell I'll go for it. <laughs> So, you know, I ended up, I, I ran the marathon. It's still my fastest one to date, which I'm not, re- I've never really been too much of a fast runner. It was uh, three hours and 33 minutes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And yeah. I, uh, then I came back the next day and I ended up uh, doing the 12 mile road march in about, you know, this is with about 45 pounds dry. So 45 plus water, everything else, probably roughly about 60 pounds on your back. So I ended up doing the 12 miler in about two hours and 15 minutes the next day. Yeah, the requirement. So I still, I, I still crushed it. But um, after, after I got done with the, uh, after I got done with the road march, you know, they're weighing our packs to make sure nobody cheated. And while I'm getting my pack weighed, one of my friends comes up to me and he's like, "Damn, dude, didn't you just run a marathon yesterday?" (laughs) Cadbury overheard it, and he goes, "He's like, stop, wait, a half or a full." You know, so I'm like, oh, a full sergeant. And then he just ripped me to pieces. He's like, well, what if you would have been a heat casualty? What if this? What if that? I'm probably the very first person to ever get yelled at in the military for working out too much. Because <laughs> so, I also used to get up at 3 a.m. and do like a lot of my own personal runs before we had our, you know, platoon stuff and everything. So, so you know, but so, um, that's so what you're much- saying. 
Yeah, so what you're saying is the uh, you, you've always kind of been um, just, I, I guess, the word obsessed <laughs> or de- dedicated. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say it like obsessed. Like I'm not addicted to running by any means, though, but I've yeah. always been this that's tried to kind of see like just how far I can take it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of yeah. Limit, you know, like, I mean, I could stop at any time, but at the same time, you know, like um, I just kind of see how far I can go. Yeah. Cool. So, so you did that that first marathon, and um, and and of course with the with the 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 march the next day, and then what? Yeah, um, I was very very sore during that march, and I was locking up and cramping, but I just pushed through. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was a good, probably a good uh, experience to prepare you for uh, for ultra distances, huh? Oh well, I had to push through it though, because with that the way that course ran, if you failed anything, you were out of the course. Yeah, so, yeah. It was like. <laughs> Yeah, like every every six weeks we had to do like a PT assessment, and it was like an it was like an episode of Survivor. Like every time you fell, like uh, you know, if you didn't make the time cut, you'd form a separate formation, then you get booted. And you know they they like to stress like the uh, the unknown. So for their assessments, like you weren't allowed to like wear a watch or anything. Yeah, you know, there was no markings. You just ran till you saw. You, you just ran to a turnaround. <laughs> Gave you a popsicle stick so you knew that you got there. <laughs> wow. So so you, you you did that and then like what what was next as far as your races go? I mean, what did you do after that? I ended up I ended up not listening to the cadre and I did run about six more marathons while I was in the course. So, I mean, the next one the next one after that was. Um, was a month later it was uh thunder road marathon in charlotte this one was a little hilly but with this one too like you know the beginning of my first one i kind of got funneled in the beginning so my first mile my first two miles were like a nine ten minute average this yeah. one i got right to the front of the pack and i figured i was going to blow the other one out of the water so i ended up getting to mile 20 like around two hours and 28 minutes i was all amped up i'm like i'm going to qualify for boston this is great <laughs> and you know, I started to slow down a little bit, and then when I hit mile 22, all of a sudden, there was this little hill I started running up, and if, and out of nowhere, I, I went from feeling great to it felt like somebody took a baseball bat to my legs. Uh, the wall. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, the wall came like about a mile or so later when I started getting dizzy and puking. But um, yeah, I, I I mean I hauled ass right out the gate. My first two mile, my first three four miles i think i was at like a 630 645 pace which is fast for me so yeah. you know but um but yeah i i mean in the beginning of that run i did i you know my performance was a lot better but i ended up finishing at a 341 so you know i went from you know qualifying from boston to ended up having to walk most of the last uh, six miles in yeah, survival. <laughs> yeah, much. That's all it was. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you know, the remaining uh, five from that year, I pretty much averaged like around a 340, 345 finish. You know, for the most part, I, I remained relatively consistent. I, I'd usually, same thing. I'd usually, you know, because I, I was going in with that military mentality to just attack. So, yeah. like, I'd end up, um, I'd always end up like bottoming out, like around between 19 and 22 somewhere, you know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you uh, evidently you, you got the marathon experience and um, so w- what year was that? Was this was 2010 2011 when I uh, when I did that uh, string of seven. Okay. And gotcha. uh, 
Yeah, five five of those seven were in a seven week time frame too. So I just kept going back to back to back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you because know, I, I saw the I saw these fifty state people, so I'm like, you know what, I want to do that. So you know, we you know, I was still in like I was still in the language phase of training. You know, where uh, you pretty much go in, you try to learn a foreign language. I sucked at it, obviously. <laughs> not really there anymore. I wasn't really there for you know <laughs> too much further. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I did pass the course, though, just because I remembered how to say the same phrase over and over again over the phone. But, <laughs> to, you know, you had, to, you had to test over the phone. But, oh, um, but um, yeah, so, I just, you know, we had the weekends off, and I just kept, like, finding all these states to do marathons in. So, you know, you know I was in, like, North Carolina. I was in North Carolina, Ohio, you know, I, New Jersey. I even... I even and I drove everywhere. I didn't fly anywhere. Yeah. So I would literally get released on Friday, drive out, hit the expo on Saturday, pick up the packet, race on Sunday, get in the car, and immediately drive back to the base. And then I'd be there for formation Monday morning. <laughs> you know. So, wow. Yeah. Nobody even knew I was doing this stuff except for my Facebook posts. But um. But yeah, that was 2010, 2011. Then um, you know, after training, I was in the 82nd Airborne for a year. I uh, I got out in 2012, and I picked back up. So 2012, I really didn't do anything. And then 2013, I picked back up with the racing again, only this time, you know, I did a, I, you know, I did one marathon, a couple of halves, a few road races, but I picked up heavy into the obstacle course side of things in 2013. Mm. So I started getting into, like, your Tough Mudders, your Spartans, stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I did all that, and then, you know, I also, at the end of the year, I saw this thing called the Spartan Ultra Beast, and I knew nothing about it. I saw a 26.2-mile <laughs> Spartan race, and I saw a 15-hour time hack, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of time. I'm going to crush this thing. <laughs> now, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Spartan side of things, but, you know. That not, are, not a that whole are, lot. What's that? Not a whole lot. Explain so to me what, what the Spartan Ultra Beast is. <laughs> it's, it's an obstacle course, beast, uh, obstacle course race slash mud run. Yeah. You know, and um, they also have heavy carries and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the Ultra Beast, uh, this is only the second year they did it, but it was the first year they did it as a solo loop. And, um, you know, it was, it was basically at the Killington Ski Resort, if you're familiar with that area. No, no, I'm not sure where that is. OK, so it's 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 a ski resort in Vermont. OK. In the um, uh, the Green Mountains. Gotcha. So, you know, and they use those double black diamond slopes over and over and over again. <laughs> so this went for me being like, oh, yeah, I got like a three and a half hour, 345 marathon finish time. I'll crush this to I'm looking down on my watch and an hour later, I'm still on mile two and a half. <laughs> nice. Death march up this hill. And I'm like, this is so hard. <laughs> so that that was my uh, very first DNF ever too, because um, I, I went in totally unprepared. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, I think yeah, it was. Uh, I got pulled at mile twenty one. Oh man! And according to people, you know, it was advertised as twenty six point two ish miles. So according to other people's GPSs, they were getting between thirty three and thirty five miles. So. But <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, just up and down, up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, down the mountain, over and over and over again. And, you know, anytime you uh, anytime you missed an obstacle, you had to do 30 burpees. 
I was, I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty good on that part though. Cause you know, I had a lot of, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a gym background too though. Cause, uh, you know, cause I also competed as a power lifter, you know, for a little bit. So, you know, like, um, you know, I had good upper body strength though. So it helped me out with the obstacles and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I did, uh, I did pretty good. I did pretty good on that part of it though, but I always missed that damn spear throw. Cause <laughs> Took me until last year to figure out the technique to that thing. <laughs> yeah, every time you know, I pretty it pretty much got to the point where I just chucked the spear and just went off to the side and started doing burpees. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a spear. If you get a spear throw right, that's a lot easier than thirty burpees. So. <laughs> oh, it's much easier. It's just a soft. It's just a soft toss. Yeah. <laughs> so so you you got into obstacle course. Now, what was your um, what was your first experience into ultra running, man? Okay, so later on that year, well, the, my first actual ultra race wasn't until 2015. Okay, you know, like marathon. But like as far as like the obstacle stuff, later on that year, I did. Uh, I attempted world's toughest mutter. Again, I wasn't really prepared. I made it to like two in the morning. World's toughest mutter is a tough mutter course that you do over and over again for 24 hours, and the winner's the person who gets the most mileage. So gotcha. You know, 2014, I actually added a 45-pound ruck to, uh, you know, I did it as a tribute to the military and everything. I started on 4th of July at a four-mile race, and then I got, I inspired a lot of people, so I started bringing it out to everything I did. Mm. You know, so I did, you know, I did all sorts of obstacle races, road races, marathons. I did it all with a 45-pound pack. <laughs> and, um, you know, later on, you know, later on that year, that that 45-pound pack, you uh, one of my friends got inspired by it and he got me he got he got me an invite into the team death race if you're familiar with what that is that's another not the georgia death race but the uh spartan death race gotcha and the spartan death race is more like an, an adventure race type thing mhm um it was um they don't tell you how long it's going to be <laughs> you know you don't know when it's over uh, i ended up being on the winning team and we finished it in 42 hours wow I, you know, they just give you just mundane tasks. It's like a cross between um, yard work, hiking a lot of miles, and <laughs> a college fraternity hazing. <laughs> nice. I don't even know, like, how to describe it. Like, you know, there was one part of it where in every single, like, task they gave us, you know, we had to hike to the top of a mountain to get our uh, – next uh task and every time we did a task we had to memorize like a page of poetry what and I, yeah i lucked out because uh i don't know if you know who chris rice is he's uh he's he's a he's actually a really good ultra runner too he uh he's done bad water a few times a couple yeah of yeah i've heard the name yeah yeah but he was my team leader so nice. and he had a, he went to school for literature or something like that <laughs> the advantage because he knew all these poems ahead of time he just had to like brush up on them. So he, w we would get our next task, but we couldn't leave until we recited the line of poetry. So we would get everything set up while he recited it to the cadre. And then we were just knocking it out. At one point we were like three, four hours ahead of the second place team. Wow. So they actually gave us a thousand burpee penalty to get everyone else to catch up. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I mean, just to give you an idea of what this thing was though. It's, it's, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal, but, um, I did that, and then that kind of motivated me to go after World's Toughest Mudder again when it was in Vegas in uh, 2014. You know, so I did that, and then the following year, 
you know, I um, I switched jobs and went back to Long Island. So I took a little, I planned on uh, taking a little break for a little bit. So I decided to beef up, beef back up again and, you know, get heavy into the weights. And uh, so I stopped running completely. I started more weight training. And that January, um, I was uh, I was doing the skull crusher exercise, which is basically for your triceps. You take mm-hmm. a bar, you lower it to your forehead, hence the name uh, skull, skull crushers. And while I was doing it, I ripped my tricep tendon off the bone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I was actually, like, trying to do, like, little, little video clips. So, obviously, I had more weight than I should have because I was showing off, you know, Instagram or uh, whatever. And so I caught the whole thing on video. You hear the uh. snap. But, uh, you know, if you search back to, like, 2015, I'm profile. But, uh, but yeah, like, um, after that, I got bummed out for a little bit. But then I decided to start running again because I couldn't use my upper body. So, yeah. you know, I did a couple of uh, local races and everything. And about, about six, seven weeks after my surgery, one of my buddies finds this race called the Palmanoff Trail 70K. It's... Um, it was a relay, but they had a solo option to it. Yeah, you know, so 70K is about 43 and a half miles. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. You know, I'll do the solo option. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't really have any training going into it. I'm just like, forget it. You know, my left arm's still in a brace. I have no use of it whatsoever. <laughs> you know, and I bring like this military pack with some supplies in it because I didn't do any drop bags or anything. You know, um, weather. This is March on Long Island, which, you know, March usually isn't that bad, but we had an unpredicted snowstorm that dumped five, five inches of snow on the ground. You know, obviously, <laughs> the didn't cancel anything. And I didn't realize that there was five inches of snow on the ground, so I went to the tree line to go take a piss, and I stepped in it, went all the way up to my calf, or <laughs> five inches is. But, um, but, yeah, so I'm running, and, um, you know, the first, um, first uh, switch-off point for the relay team slash the first aid station was about 10 miles in and it was unpredictably freezing out so it was in the teens so i had a had a i had a bladder inside of a pack and my my tube froze and i had some side <laughs> red bulls so first 10 miles i have like no way of hydrating you know I dumping red bulls down oh gosh that's um, terrible <laughs> I got back to an aid station i'm like water but um <laughs> The third leg was a challenge one because Long Island is relatively flat, but the North Shore has uh, some hills to it. Yeah. So right around, I think it was like 9.30, 10-ish was when I hit all the ro- all the rolling hills. And this is about the same time as the sun started to come out. So the temperature went from the teens up into probably the 50s and all the snow melted. Hmm. So everything was slippery. And I'm out there in like a, a pair of like street ASICs just like slipping and sliding. <laughs> And, um, you know, I got my left arm in a brace. I can't even move it, you know, because I because of the surgery and everything. So every time I went down the hill, I'm like, OK, I'm going to try my best to fall to the right because I know I'm going down. <laughs> yeah, like, um, it took me like about 11 hours, but I finished it. And, you know, um, after that, I, you know, I pretty much got got hooked. So the next so the next month I did I did a few of them. I did. um I did the um, dirty German 50 miler. Mm. Then I did um, then I did a 50k the following weekend. Then I attempted a 100k, you know, and then the 100k uh, I DNF because I got lost. It was the yeah, it was the May Apple 100k yeah. in uh, Jersey. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Jersey Trail series. 
No, no, I'm not. But um, there was a crossing point on the road where they had um, where they had arrows to f- locate the trail. Well, they forgot to inform us that they had unfinished construction in one of the neighborhoods. So they had chalk lines on the- going into the neighborhood. Oh. Running down the street, and I'm like, "Where's the trailhead at?" And I got to the point, <laughs> I out. I don't know where I am, and I'm knocking door to door. Like, uh, excuse me, uh, can you tell me where this trailhead is? I think I'm lost. <laughs> Yeah, I eventually found it, and then um, on another lap, uh, some of the markings got knocked loose, and I missed a turn, and it just got to the point where I was too far behind the time hack, so I just ended up throwing the towel in just because I just didn't, you know, I missed, like, an entire eight-mile loop, and I wound up at the start-finish, and, you know, it was just a disaster of a race. Yeah. But um, later, you know, later on that year, uh, 4th of July of 2015 is when the flag uh, came to play. I decided to do do it as a tribute, uh, you know, to the country, to military, law enforcement, first responders, you know, um, you know, it was a patriotic gesture and the pack in combination with the uh, flag and everything motivated a lot of people. So I continued to do it and I've ran about about a little over 320 races with the flag. Wow! Wow! I didn't realize it was that much, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, no, I just, every every weekend I was doing doubles and everything. You know, whether I mean a lot of them were like five Ks, ten Ks, this that. But you know, I did a lot of Spartans, Tough Mudders with it too. Yeah. Stuff like, and then um, you know, later on that year I did my first 100 miler. Well, so, which one? Which which one was your first 100 miler? It was the Summer Beast of Burden in 2015. Gotcha. Gotcha. That How'd one. Go? That one was a disaster of a. I finished it, but it was a disaster of a race. And that well, one, um, I didn't know. I didn't really have go in, you know, because I didn't really go into it with a plan. I didn't realize like how, how much strategy was involved with these things at the time. Yeah. You know, and I was listening to my friend, and my friend, um, I don't know whether he meant to do it or not, but the whole trip up, he he kept telling, he kept saying like, what if if you don't finish, he do this if you know if you don't make it this far by this time just drop blah 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 he just kept talking 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 so the entire car you know it's a, it was like a seven hour car ride to uh get up to uh lockport upstate new york you know coming from long island so you know the entire time i'm just sitting there taking it in taking it in you know so we get to the starting line and we'll put it this way um i knocked out the first 50 miles in 10 hours and two minutes which was a 50 mile pr for me at the time yeah and it took me 29 hours and 25 minutes to finish the entire race. <laughs> so the first miles, I didn't have a pacing plan. I just straight up ran it with the exception of checking it at aid stations. You know, and that's, you know, it's a super flat course. And the flat ones are the more devastating ones, I find. They, you know, they're they're fast, but they, they wreck you the most. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, um, at mile, after mile 50, you know, I broke down to more like a walk run tempo cause my legs started to give out, uh, by mile 75, I started shivering and it was 80 degrees at night Wow. and <laughs> had to stand me up at the aid station to keep going God. and, um, fast forward to the next day, I get to mile 93 and all of a sudden the sun's high in the sky and I'm like seeing stars borderline delusional and everything so i get to the aid station i got seven miles left in the race the thought of dropping out crossed my mind but i was so far into it that i just you know that i had to keep going yeah so threw some ice and a handkerchief on the back of my neck stood me up and then you know walked me to the corner and then after that i was on my own 
So the way the beast of burden works is it's a four. It's um it's twelve and a half miles straight away. You do out and back four times. Okay. And when you run from the start to finish, you run a mile, cross a bridge, turn around, and then you go all the way to the turnaround point. So when you get two miles from the start finish area, you can see it across the canal. So gotcha. my legs were so trashed. My left hip flexor was the size of a softball. Right leg was kept giving out. So I was basically like hobbling, walking on stilts. I wasn't even using my legs anymore. I was just waddling side to side. It's one hour to get from the two mile out point to the start finish area. And I crossed, I crossed the finish line sat down, chilled out for a little bit, and then they went to go lift me up to um, go to the car, and I just couldn't, I couldn't even, didn't even know where my legs were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. collapsed to the ground, so, you know, the, and every time they moved, they were in severe pain. So, I was pretty much useless, so they threw me in the back of my friend's, um, you know, my friend's girlfriend drove us up. So, they threw me in the back of my friend's girlfriend's car, Drove, you know, drove all the way back down to Long Island, and they carried me to my car. People <laughs> to move my foot, so I, uh, I drove back to my house. I slept in my driveway because I couldn't get out of the car. And then <laughs> Monday morning, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I guess I better call and sick to work because I'm not, I can't move. So I started throwing. I, I knew something was wrong, so I start, I started throwing posts up on Facebook. Hey, is there anybody off of work that could take me to the VA today? So my friend took me to the VA, and it turned out I had a mild case of uh, rhabdomyolysis. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I basically had to get flushed out for three days, so I ended up spending three days in the hospital. And then wow. I don't really do this, but two days after that, I came out and did a 5K Tough Mudder and another 5K in the same day. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's I not recommended after rhabdo. yeah. But I mean, it, it it was a mild case. My uh, CBK count was about seven thousand. They said, yeah, you know, there have been people that have been a lot higher than that. So, you know, it didn't really like stop my schedule at all. I mean, although I did, uh, I was supposed to do a one hundred k that weekend too, but I did skip out on that. <laughs> well, that's just, good. Yeah, I just picked right back up where I started. Yeah. So. So, so you, 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 you did that hundred miler, had a rough experience and how did your, what was your next uh, hundred miler and how did, how did that go better? Like what lessons did you learn from it that? Very, it was the very same race the following year. Mm. And okay. um, this, you know, I was a little, I was a little uneasy about it, but um, yeah, that was a, that was a rough year to begin with. Um, Cause um, in May I, I got off, you know, I did a powerlifting meet earlier that year, so I pretty much, I didn't have too much run training going into March, and then as soon as I got done with the powerlifting meet, I got back into ultra running again, and I was hitting an ultra marathon like every single weekend, and I was getting faster and faster. I didn't know how it was happening, but it was happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then um, that same 100K that I DNF'd the prior year, I went out and I finished it. Mm. And, um, the very next day, you know, I, I, um, you know, and i at this time I'm running everything with the American flag. I didn't run the first 100 miler I did with the American flag, Okay. but everything after that point I ran with the American flag. But, um, you know, the very next day after that 100 K, my friends wanted to get together and do a tough mutter in uh, Pennsylvania. So, you know, I went from, um, I went from New Jersey back to Long Island, 
back to New Jersey to pick up my friend. Then we went to Pennsylvania for that uh, Tough Mudder. Wow. And about nine and a half miles in, I'm doing the Tough Mudder with a 45-pound pack and a flag. <laughs> so I give my buddy the flag to hold while I, you know, I see the monkey bar obstacle and I see a cameraman there. So I give my... I give my buddy the flag to hold, then I left the 45-pound pack on, and I go to attempt the obstacle. I make it all the way to the end, and then all of a sudden, my bicep goes pop about three times. Uh, crack, crack, crack. And then um, I hung on, I swung over to the platform, finished, and I had the medic wrap it, and I, you know, she just told me just to walk the rest of it in, and... Um, you know, just she told me I could finish the race because there was a mile and a half left and just not to do any more obstacles. So I, I walked the rest of it in and um, I go to the VA the next day and it turns out I uh, ruptured my bicep tendon. So, you know, back to surgery again. <laughs> but, uh, what, was it the same arm as the tricep or uh, was no, it, it was the opposite. It was the right arm. Got you. Okay. But, you know, this time I'm, you know, I'm like right handed. So, you know, yeah. that this time it was a major, you know, handicap. But, you know, I didn't let it, I didn't let it get me down the very, you know, the very next week after the surgery, I didn't even have the brace yet. I still had the hard cast. So I go out, I do a 5k on Saturday. I just walk it. And then on Sunday I do a five, I do a five miler, but the five miler, I did a little bit of a trot. So you know, my philosophy behind it is like, okay, my right arm's down, but I still have a left arm and uh, two legs. So I carried the American flag in the left arm, had the right arm and a hard cast and a sling. Yeah. You know, I ditched the pack, but I ran that five miler. And while I'm at the starting line, a lady comes up to me and she's like, you know, I look at you and I no longer know the meanings of the word I quit. Uh, I can't. Uh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So that kind of inspired me to kind of keep pushing forward. So... Fast forward a little bit. Three weeks after surgery, I, uh, you know, I was, I was supposed to do this uh, 50 miles for Murph run. You know, it was a 50 mile run in honor of Michael Murphy. It's not a sanctioned ultra marathon, but we were running from um, uh, Spanish Harlem to Lake Ronkonkoma. Yeah. Just 50 mile distance to the starting line of a four mile race, and then we were doing the four mile race afterwards. Nice. So, uh, I got the opportunity from this uh, triathlon team, so. They told me, uh, absolutely not. You're not doing it. And I go to them. I'm like, well, you know, it's still two weeks away. <laughs> so basically, like a week out, I find out that coincidentally that one of my friends I knew from uh, Spartan Race was the one that was actually running the thing. So I messaged him and I'm, you know, and I'm like, look, um, I think I can do this. I just need to, um, you know, sling my arm. And he's like, well, you know, I'm not going to deny a veteran the chance to do this. So, OK, you could do it. So three weeks after having my right bicep tendon yeah, fixed, yeah. I end up uh, I end up finishing the run and uh, I end up doing the four miler afterwards. Nice. And then I just didn't stop. I just kept going after that. And so, you know, I, I didn't you know, that was um, what time frame was that? That was June. So later on in 2016, I'm getting to the 100 mile in a second. This is just all. This is all. <laughs> yeah. So later on, later on that year, I saw some of the. Um, this is about the time all the police shootings and everything went on, where you know we had the they they had the shooting in Dallas, the shooting in Baton Rouge. So later on in that year, I decided to take action into my own hands. I decided to do a thank the police tour. Hmm, so nice. I drove around the country from police precinct to police precinct. 
And I ran around the precincts with an American flag. And, you know, I used a different American flag each time. And I carried a thank you card with me and a list of supporters that donated towards my cause. And, you know, basically it was a gesture to say thank you and give the police uh, more of a positive influence, like over social media and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I stopped that. I stopped at uh, 39 locations in total, um, like about about 20 or so within the two week time frame that I went around the country. Nice. But, you know, like doing that, it kind of, you know, it um it prepared me a little bit more the next time because I was out in areas like Las Vegas and everything. So I was running in like 109 degree temperatures. So I was already adapted to the heat. Yeah. So I get back from this two week trip cross country, you know, and then a day later, I have to go back up the Lockport for that 100 mile race. <sighs> so. You know, I go I go up there this time. This time I'm totally acclimated to the heat. You know, like um, I was a little nervous about it, but I decided to pace it a little a little slower in the beginning. So this time I got in around 11:30, and this in this year in that or that year was far worse than the year before. Um, I don't even know what the humidity was though, but I was drenched at the starting line before the race even started. Oh wow! I think about 19 of us out of 62 finished. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was in the winter and that's a super flat course. I think the winter did like 22 hours whereas the year before that they did like 14 or something. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I ended up finishing it and I think I did it in about 27 and a half. I don't remember the exact time. Yeah. But uh that one I I was able to even run across the finish line and everything. I I felt perfectly okay and then on the way back because I just got done with the you know, the police tour and everything, I got a call for, you know, I'm from Suffolk County on Long Island. I get a call from uh, Nassau County and, you know, I, I just ran a hundred miles and, um, on the phone and like, well, we have this memorial run Monday night. We'd like you to come down. <laughs> so I'm like, um, I just, I just finished a 100 mile race. I don't know if that's such a good idea. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, just, just come down, you know, wear your pack, bring your flag. You could just run off the starting line. We'll take pictures this and that, you know, and, uh, you know, we'll give the flag up. We'll do a, we'll, we'll do a dedication. So I go down there and I end up running the whole race. Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, it was a 33 minute 5k Yeah. with a pack and with a 45 pound pack and flag. My normal time would be like 25, 26 ish. But, um, but yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime I do something for like a cause like that, it's got to get finished though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that's awesome. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it just sounds like, so from that on, I mean, you just, you just kept looking for different races to run and, and, um, doing hundreds, fifties, just whatever. Oh yeah. Well, usually each year I have like a different goal. Like, I mean, I did do, I did do a little bit more. I, w I was a little bit more on the, uh, triathlon side in, uh, in, uh, 2016. Okay. Which I did the, I did my first three triathlons within an eight day time frame. Okay. So I go I go to the I go to the ortho I go to the orthopedic um yeah, I go to the orthopedic to get medical clearance for my arm. You know, so you know, he he's telling me, you know, yeah, I shouldn't be doing anything hanging anymore. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing <laughs> I'm like whatever. So towards the end of the appointment though, I go and ask him. I'm like, "So, uh do I have medical clearance to swim?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't see why not." <laughs> I'm like, okay well, can i ride a bike 
He's like, well, you know, that's kind of pushing it, but, you know, you could probably get away with it. I'm like, okay. So I was part of this triathlon team, so, you know, at the time. So I, I called up the guy the guy that runs the team. I'm like, hey, uh, sign me up for that sprint on Sunday. <laughs> like, nice. are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. You know, so, but the sprint was also after a 50-mile uh, race in Pennsylvania. And then, um, and then I'm searching the internet for more challenges. So the following weekend, I find this challenge called the King George Challenge. It's uh, up in Lake George. It's an Olympic distance triathlon on Saturday and a half Ironman on Sunday. So I'm like, you know, what? I haven't rode a bike from since high school, but I think I can do all this. So, you know, I go out that weekend. I run the 50 mile race. I finish it in like pretty much right around 12 hours. It was like a 13 hour cutoff I think I don't I don't remember yeah. but uh, I finished it in 12 hours then I got to drive overnight back to Long Island I made it with like a half hour like no like an hour to spare to the um, to stage my bike because I already had my bike and everything packed in the car <laughs> so then I go right from that to doing the sprint and it was probably the hardest swim I've ever done because I thought I was going to drown because I had no power left in my legs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the following weekend I end up completing the uh olympic in the half iron distance and you know i still use the rucksack too i threw it in the transition area so the rum portion i did with a 45 pound pack and a flag wow (laughs) so so uh have you um i mean obviously you you recover pretty quickly have it's just been kind of you you feel like you you know your body i I don't recover completely i mean i'm I'm not gonna right usually i'm usually still a little sore i just kind of push through and everything kind of goes numb Got you, got you. Yeah, get the blood flow and then just yeah, keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, 2017, I did more of a tough mutter year. I, uh, you know, I ended up. I don't know how many I did that year, but I ended up with like 35 total after the year was out. Wow. Okay. 2018 uh, was more of like a Spartan type challenge. So I did. Uh, if you're familiar with their trifectas, there's there's three main distances. There's a sprint, the super, and a beast. You know, sprints okay. four miles, supers eight miles, beast is uh is uh thirteen, and then um they have something called the ultra beast, or now it's called the ultra, where it's thirty miles. So you know, um, and the ultra counts as a beast towards those standings. So I ended up doing uh, twelve trifectas. So you know, I did I did the sprint, the super, and the beast twelve times. I did all six U.S. ultra beasts that were out there, and I actually I was doing op- I was doing the open non-competitive because I had the flag, and yeah. I two of them. Nice the flag, and then um and then at the end of the year I did the um you know the um the ultra the twenty four hour ultra in uh, Iceland. Wow. But um. During the core, like towards the end of 2018, you know, um, before 2018, I had six 100s under my belt, and then I did one in January, so that made seven. And then at the end of the, you know, like like towards like August September, I'd say, I stumbled upon uh, David Goggins. I started like, <laughs> and you know, you know, because um, my my brother uh, called me up on the phone because he he heard of him first. I mean, I kind of had an idea who he was, but I didn't really know too much about him. Yeah, he goes to me. He's he's like, dude, you got you got to listen to this guy. He's just <laughs> like you. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give him a listen. So I started listening to his stuff though, and some of it kind of clicked. And then I started to think to myself, I'm like, you know, 
he's a man just like me. If he can do all this stuff, why can't I do something like really dramatic? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, in the midst of all the Spartan stuff, I did three 100 milers to end the year. So I went, I went to do the Tesla Hertz one in uh, October, and that's a 100 mile race I previously DNF twice. Okay. And I finished it in 26 hours. And then the next month in November, which basically, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but it started like an entire year span. You know, officially I wanted to start in January, but after I finished and I tallied back when I stopped, this ended up being like the start of it. Gotcha. But, um, I did the St. Sebastian 100 on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Um, yeah, that race, um, it was a 10-mile loop he did 10 times, and it was all on soft sand down in Florida. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I finished in like around 27 hours. I don't remember. And then uh, later on in the year, I did the Lugaroo 100. Okay, you know, so, and, uh, so this is so my I'll... You know, my birthday is December 17th, so it's the weekend before my birthday. Okay. So I started researching yeah. stuff, and I look, and I'm like, hmm, 100 miles through where the mythical werewolf creature – I want to do that. <laughs> so I, w- I was there, man. I, I ran that? that race. I ran that race. I was there. I, I saw you finish. Wait, yeah, yeah, I placed third in, in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't place that well. I, I think I did 25 and a half or so. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I remember seeing you. Uh, I was at the start finish when you came through. I actually have a few pictures of you crossing the finish line with the flag. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's awesome. That is so awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, that was um, yeah, that was my birthday weekend. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, what a way to celebrate with with Cajuns, man. Oh yeah, and then um, and then every year I usually try to like give back and do something charitable. So like uh. Thanksgiving of 2017, I uh, I found this thing called the Texas Quad. It okay. was uh, four marathons in four days. And so um, I linked up with this charity, Boots on the Ground. And I normally run with the 45-pound pack anyway, but this time what I did is I took that pack and I weighed it out and loaded it up with uh, 45 p- pounds of uh, canned goods. You know, oh, so I okay. get veterans and everything. Yeah. So I packed the pack up. I by myself drove from Long Island down to Texas, so it was about a 26-hour drive. <laughs> I ran, I successfully completed the four marathons in four days, and then I ran back, or not ran back, I'm sorry, yeah. then I drove back, that, that's a long run, Texas to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, so I drove back, and then I, um, I donated the cans back, and in the process, I set up a fundraiser over Facebook, and I raised about $2,850. Nice. And every single penny of it went to that charity. Nice. So 2018, last year, um, at the end of the year, I found this um, series called the uh, Savage 7 Series. It's uh, seven marathons in seven days. But they had an upgrade to a 50K option, and it was the first year they did it. Hmm. So I tr- I attempted to do the same thing with the 50K option. I did finish all seven 50Ks, but I only yeah. did the first one with the pack because by the time I I was done with the first one, I had such shooting pains in my hips I could barely stand the next day, but somehow I pulled off another 31 miles. Huh. So I ended up uh, just running all seven races carrying the American flag without the pack, you know, with the pack only being on the first day. Yeah. But uh, that was um that was the day after Christmas up until the last race was on January 1st, I believe. Wow. <laughs> so I, 
that and then about two and a half weeks later is when I started the, all the consecutive 100s. Yeah. So, so what led you, uh, what led you to, to start doing, I mean, was this something that in like 2018, you said next year is going to be the year I start doing them or did it just kind of happen? Well, I started looking up world records though, again, because I got inspired by, you know, like listening to like the, the whole David Goggins thing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I started, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a ton of ultra streaks because 2017, I also did um, nine, nine ultras in nine days, you know, starting with the Spartan Ultra Beast. And then I did six 50Ks, a uh, 50 miler, and then a marathon in nine consecutive days. Wow. So I successfully pulled all that off. So I started thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I've never run a 100 on back-to-back weekends, but let me let me just for some giggles, like, look up what the world record is for most 100s in a calendar year. <laughs> so then I'm, I'm, I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging. I find, I find an article in Runner's World about uh, Ed Ittinghausen, and it said the world record was 41. So, you know, this is about, like, November time frame of 2018. So I look up a ton of races. I write them all out on a piece of paper, and then I look at it. And I'm like, you know what? There's no way I could afford to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so kind of shut. I kind of put it to the side. So originally, I was gonna, you know, and again, going into this year to give you an idea, you know, how I put up a post that I was probably gonna take the year off. Well, that never happens. <laughs> that was my plan for this year was to pretty much like take the year off, recover, because I was pretty beat up from a lot of the stuff I did last year. But then um, about the first or se- – it was either the first or second week of January. I'm like, you know what? Um, I did sign up for a couple of 100-milers. I was um, I was signed up for the Frozen Hellhole 100. That was the first one I did the year. I was signed up for that in January because, okay. you know, at first I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll do – I got a pretty good streak going. I did a 100 in October, November, December. So I'll just mm-hmm. try to do 100 every month. <laughs> just, you know? yeah. So, you know, I, um, I was signed up for – I was signed up for the Frozen Hell Hole. I was signed up for the uh, Winter Beast of Burden because you get a double buckle if you do the winter and summer in the same year. Nice. And then, um, you know, I was signed up for a couple of others. So I go down, I do the Frozen Hell Hole, and basically that's what it was. I mean, it wasn't frozen, but at like one in the morning it was raining sideways, and I ended up, you know, I just kept steady and consistent, and I ended up winning the race. Nice. So the following weekend – you know, I decide to do the skydive 100. So, you know, I'm a little tight on funds, but I, I, I scouted out prices on the uh, price line, you know, for flights and everything. And I caught a last minute deal to Orlando, which was still like about a two hour drive from the venue. But at the same time, it was the cheapest airport in the area. And then I look up rental cars and somehow I pull off a rental car for 30 bucks for the weekend. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so then I go do the, I go do the skydive ultra and I PR my 100 time. Sweet. Second week in a row. So <laughs> I finished in 22 hours and 53 minutes. So That's I'm like, awesome. oh, okay. So then, you know, I'm, I'm looking again and I'm like, all right. So, you know, there's this Rocky Raccoon race in Texas. It's not that bad. And I ended up getting a cheap flight to Houston. So I ended up finishing that one. And then somehow I secured a last-minute deal to the Lone Star 100. Then once I got to the Lone Star 100, and that was a brutal course, yeah. that was my weekend in a row. So once I finished the Lone Star 100, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, I can do this. It's on. You know, <laughs> so I started, like, throwing fundraiser links out. I'm like, look, I'm going to try to break this record. 
you know, I'm going to go for it, you know, so I just started raising funds, raising funds, raising funds, and then, you know, a little, a little further down the line, I found out, like, uh, maybe the sixth race in is when I started talking to Walter. Yeah, you know, I yeah. Did, I did run into him at the Rocky Raccoon, but um, the sixth race was the uh, Love It 100, okay. and, you know, that's pretty much where I got the pace with him for a little while, you know, Walter's a cool guy and everything, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I did the first six in a row. Then the seventh week, there was nothing on the calendar. And then after that, I did the uh, Antelope Canyon one. And then after that, I had ambitions of running Badwater at some point. So I did the uh, Cape Fear Badwater. So it wasn't a 100-mile race. It was a 51.4. Gotcha. But I wanted to get into their system because Badwater is one of the races I want to try to get into this year. Yeah, nice. But um, after that... I think it was the next weekend. Um, I was going, I was flying down to Alabama to, you know, for the, the the Lake Martin 100. And coincidentally, like in Pennsylvania, I was I was flying down there on Friday. So Thursday night, I find out that David Goggins is doing a book signing in Pennsylvania. So I take the afternoon off of work. I go down, you know, I get a chance to talk to him, and I told him his um his best 100 mile streak was uh, eight in a row. Yeah. So I talked to him, told him what he was doing, and he kind of gave me like a typical, ah, oh, you're crushing it, man, you know, that type of answer. Yeah, yeah. So after I met him, I went on to finish my next eight in a row in eight weekends, so I ended up tying him. <laughs> but on the eighth one, I end up, um, I end up, I think I, t- the VA said it was a bad shin splint, but I had a lump in everything, so I think it was a little more than a shin splint, though. So I think I tore my anterior tibialis. Uh, was- yeah. Brute Ultra. Um, I did that at about mile 80, but I was like about three hours ahead of the second place person. Only two of us finished. (laughs) I hobbled the last 20 miles in. I won the race, and then the next race was the uh, Keys 100. You know, Keys 100 is a race I should have finished pretty easily. But um, so I go to the physical therapy office. I'm, you know, I was sponsored by a physical therapist. Um, I go to Performax. You know, they've been, you know, they, uh, they had, they've been helping me out all year. They're still helping me out like with the recovery and everything. That's awesome. Um, I had them, uh, I had them tape my shin up and I flew down to Florida anyway. And I was, I was in a lot of pain off the starting. So, you know, it was a 32 hour limit. I was pacing a little slow cause it was hot as hell during the day. And if you, if you, if you're familiar with the keys 100, that's actually a race they look heavily at when they're considering you for bad water, because it's just on highway one direct sunlight no shade yeah you know (laughs) i pace a little slow during the day but i still get to the 50 mile point at about 12 and a half hours so i'm like all right i'm still doing pretty good but then all of a sudden the pain in my shin just got too unbearable and by the time i got to mile 60 i was walking a quarter mile sitting down for two minutes walking a quarter mile sitting down for a few minutes you know so i got to mile 65 and you know I started thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I still have over 30 races scheduled. Yeah. I can either keep pushing forward and risk injury to put me down for good, or I can just find a race marshal, pull myself from the course, and, you know, live the fight another day. So that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I actually, you know, I, t- I took the wise road on that one, you know, because normally I have that mentality where, you know – just drive straight through. But at the same time though, like I didn't want to lose out on like the remainder of the season. So right. I ended up stopping, I ended up stopping with that one. 
Then uh, I took the following week off to give me an extra week of rest. And then the following week after that, I uh, had Infinitus. So, you know, I figured Infinitus had an extended cutoff. So I'm like, okay, my shin's still wrecked, but I could pretty much power hike this. I mean, I did, a, I, I still ran most of it, but um, the, it was a very rugged course. So I'm like, okay, that'll play into my advantage a little bit. So they had a 48 hour time limit too. So it was very doable. Yeah. So after I, you know, it was an eight mile, it was um, about a seven and a half, eight mile loop plus a 20 mile loop. And you did, um, you did the seven and a half, three times, the 24 times. Okay. So do a little over a hundred. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so after every loop, I sat down for about an hour. I took my time. So I finished about 39 hours, you know, so I still got the buckle and everything. But then um, just before that, I got contacted by the American Legion magazine because they wanted to do a story on me because I was American, you know, I'm an American Legion member. Yeah. So they decide to come down to the Eagle Up Ultra the following weekend, and the Eagle Up Ultra is a 24-hour race. So I'm th- I'm sitting there to myself, okay, my PR is 20, you know, I've only broken 24 hours twice before. My shin's wrecked. Like, well, I got to pull it off somehow. <laughs> yeah. And you know the and you know the uh, writer happened to be an ultra runner too though, so he he came down there. They took pictures, everything. And they paced me in the last loop though, but because I had a magazine come down, the pressure was on. Yeah. So no kidding. somehow I pulled it off though. I finished with like about ten minutes or so to spare, but I hundred in, and pretty much after I crossed the finish line, I rolled up my flag and like laid down in the fetal position for about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> been there i know that feeling <laughs> yeah. and yeah that that I, I i i i mean i do that every every after every 100 i don't care where it is better rocks uh yeah <laughs> you know, i'm just in the fetal position somewhere usually <laughs> but yeah and then systematic you know I, I i had a little bit of a rough summer i i didn't really handle the heat that well in a few races yeah so in total i had um i had four dnfs so i had okay. the uh the Keys 100, uh, Crimea River 100, and didn't go well. Um, that's a race I should have breezed through, but for you know, like uh, my the fatigue in my legs was starting to catch up with me a little bit. Yeah. Then the uh, Palisades 100, that's another one I probably could have handled, but the flight plan got messed up. I ended up doing with it, you know a bunch of you know excuses, excuses, whatever. But you know, I and <laughs> that weekend, and then um, and then Habanero was my fourth DNA. And then, uh, you know, after Habanero, though, I cranked out 12 in a row. Nice. You know, and then, you know, ending with, uh, ton- you know, Tunnel Hill was my last finish of the year. So, you know, that ended up the streak of 12, putting me at 35 in 2019. And then the next and then the next week it wasn't really a DNF because it was a 24 hour race, but it was a Saddler's Creek stumble. And. I pretty much just stumbled off the starting line. I had, I had severe pains in my hips and I just couldn't accelerate at all. My legs were just straight up dead. Nothing, nothing was working for me. And I just, you know, it was a 24 hour race. You had to do, you had to do 16 loops to get a hundred miles, which puts you at an hour and a half pace per mile per loop. Yeah. So I ended up finishing the first lap in like an hour 38. I just looked at myself like, what am I doing here? There's no way. And you know, at that point in time, you know, I started to reflect a little bit, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, Walter at that time already broke the world record, so right now I'm risking, like, 
serious permanent damage continuing. So after that, I just, you know, I went down to the, you know, two days later, I went down to the emergency room just to, you know, get x-rays and everything just to make sure everything was okay. And, um, you know, they took the x-rays of my hip because my right hip flexor had already been messed up for a couple of months. Like I was picking my right leg up, put it, put it in the car when I was, when I had to drive and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got everything x-rayed and they diagnosed me with a degenerative joint, joint disease hip. So the cartilage, I pretty much have like no gap in bones. Right. I mean, still a little wow. bit there, obviously, because, you know, I don't need a hip replacement, but it's close to it. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I had the official diagnosis on that, you know, like about like about a week and a half ago. So, you know, after that, I'm like, you know, you know, I, I decided to stop and then I started calculating time. And then I realized I had those other two at the end of last year. So the total number ended up being uh, 37. I ended up with. Yeah. And then um, and then once I stopped, everything fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> Your body so, just. Yeah. yeah I guess cause, I guess because the endor- endorphin rush was over. Yeah. So after that, I'm loading I'm loading plates onto onto a sled for one of my clients to do plate pushes mm-hmm. or sled pushes. Mm-hmm. Then I feel my back go tight. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So then later on in the night, I cook up some food. I go to put the cutting board into the um, the uh, wash to the um, uh, dishwasher, and all of a sudden my back just locks up on me. Uh. That I mean. <laughs> I still went to the gym and I managed to use machines so I didn't put any strain on my back or anything, you know, but my back ended up, you know, this was like right before Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I went down to visit my mom for Thanksgiving, slept on an air mattress. That didn't make it any any better. But since I finished, I've thrown my back out about three times. Wow. And then about a week and a half ago, you know, my strength started to climb on the bench press again. I figured I'd wait till my legs recovered to do the squat and deadlift and maybe potentially do a powerlifting meet next year. So my strength went back up pretty quick in the bench press. And about a week and a half ago, um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I had separated my uh, left AC joint. Yeah. So I, I had about 225 on the bar. And as I was pushing it up, all of a sudden I felt a crunch in my left shoulder. And the bar just dropped in my chest. I rolled it down to my stomach, sat up and threw it off. And then my shoulder just froze up on me. Oh, so man. shoulders hat i mean i think they say my rotator cuffs intact it's just the joint you know because um when i went in for my hip i had them look at my shoulder x-ray too i i actually have the official appointment for that on the 27th but hmm. yeah my shoulder my shoulder's not moving too well right now and i'm just starting to get range of motion back to it from like a week and a half ago oh wow oh yeah, yeah so- <laughs> but, but yeah so you know for up until that appointment um, last Thursday, I go from like being invincible and running 100 miles every weekend to now I can't do anything. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So yeah. now now it's a mental battle, big time, huh? Yeah, no, that's the that's the worst thing that could happen though, you know, because like when you go from just being used to being out there all the time to nothing, now it's just like okay, you know, and then you're still eating the same way as you did when you're you know, like running all these ultras and everything. So now you're getting on top of that and, you know, things are just falling apart, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I'm, I got clearance to get, like once I saw the uh, actual, because you know, the, uh, the, the ER at the VA, that's how you get a same day appointment. You go to the ER. 
you know, it's not saying that it's an emergency. It's just you go there. Yeah. But, um, you know, they diagnosed me with degenerative hip disease or degenerative joint disease of the hip. And then I follow up with the um, with the orthopedic and the orthopedic looks over it. And he's like, yeah, you got arthritis in your right hip, but you passed all the assessments and everything. So you can start exercising slowly again. And then I go see uh, Armand, who's my physical therapist over at Performax. He still told me absolutely no running till at least January. Mm. He's the one that's going to give me the thumbs up when I can continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so right now, like I've just been, you know, with my shoulder, I can still do pulling movements. I just can't push anything. Gotcha. And um, I'm still, I can still walk on the treadmill. So I've just been walking, just raising the incline slowly but surely, and you know, until I'm allowed to start running again. Yeah. And, well, well, um, well, well, Billy, throughout throughout all the the running this year, uh, what what um, what kind of like what kind of diet did did you eat? Like, how do you eat? Do you eat any specific diet, or you just eat whatever? I did the ultra diet. I just eat everything in sight. Okay, okay. I got you. Yeah, well, you almost have to when you're running that much. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'd, pro- I'd probably gain five pounds or so during the week, lose 10 over the weekend, gain again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it actually, like, I lost all definition of my midsection. I had, you know, and then as soon as it was over, like, I, I must have gained, like, three, four inches around my waist, too, though. Like, I just ballooned up, like, really fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I got it under control though. You know, I, I, I flipped my diet back to normal, you know, it's like eating cleanly and everything, um, like last Thursday. So I think I caught it ahead of time, but I still have to endure visiting family on Christmas and everything. And then since my birthday was a few days ago, I had that and I still, (laughs) yeah, like the holiday season's a nightmare. I got, you know, but at the same time though, like it's always under control. Yeah. So, you know. Well, um, um, so well, I, I did notice you posted a picture the other day now with running all the hundreds now, even though you weren't, I guess, working out like you normally do. Uh, I'm one of the guys that, that struggles with, um, I used to, I, I wrestled and I was really skinny in high school and then I worked out a whole bunch and, um, and, you know, finally got some size. And then when I started running ultras, you got to be careful not to shrink to, you know, you shrink to nothing if you have from running all the time. But you, I shrunk a lot, though, because I, I went from one extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I, when I was, um, you know, when I was, you know, when I was more of a gym rat, like I peaked out at like a 600 pound deadlift, uh, uh, 545 squat, 405 bench press. Wow. Yeah, but my 405 bench press was from years back, though. I ended up uh, tearing my pec in 2011. Okay. I never quite got back up that high. I mean, I got to the point where I was, like, mid-300s, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When I did did one powerlifting meet in uh, 2016, and uh, with that meet, my numbers were uh, 400 for the squat, Um, you know, because I was also running ultras, like, heading into it, obviously weren't as big as they were before but i had a 340 on the bench this was after having tricep tendon surgery the year before <laughs> and then it was 550 but with everything except for the bench press so i was working with a coach though and um my training kind of slacked off a little bit and we undershot all the numbers and uh so i went you know i never i never really trained with a belt or wraps or any of that stuff and we ended up using them for for the competition so yeah they give you three attempts at each lift though so when i hit when i did my uh 400 pound squat i practically jumped off the ground yeah <laughs> and uh, 
The bench press is a little bit of a struggle, though. The bench press is pretty much spot on, you know. Yeah. But my the deadlift, um, you know, I normally I barely pull 545 off the ground, like uh, like during training or at least at the time anyway. But I had yeah. such an adrenaline kick, though. I ripped 550 off the ground like there was nothing there. I probably could have put six on. Nice. <laughs> I uh, my 605 in the gym was from like three years before that. Yeah. But, well, and, and, and so like, you know, even when I'm, when I'm racing and training, I always try to try to stay in the gym at least a few days a week, you know, to, to, you to keep. Have to, though, the one thing, I mean, I always emphasize weight training all the time though. Cause with the one thing, the one thing weight training will do, even if you're just going through the motions though, is it'll help correct any postural imbalances or anything that you may get from running. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you do like one specific type of motion and it happens at anything, like if you're just a runner, just a cyclist, just a swimmer, you end up developing like the muscles that you use consistently for that repetitive motion. They end up getting short and tight and then the opposing muscles end up getting long and weak and, you know, it, me- it messes up your posture and everything completely. So it's always good to do some form of cross training. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you always will, you know, I mean, what weight training will do is I'll just, it just, you know, weight training in combination with stretching and everything. It just, uh, you know, it corrects muscle imbalances and stuff like that. And it helps reduce the risk of injury. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Well, um, so you're, I mean, you're in the process of, of healing up. Are you, um, uh, I saw in your ultra sign up, you got, you have some races scheduled for, for 2020, but, uh, are you just yeah, going to kind of take the year and heal up? Uh, I I just I haven't I haven't canceled them yet. Yeah. I got twenty. I mean I'm probably gonna eat it on the entry fee on those, but um, I I want to come back for the uh, pistol ultra. That's my plan right now. That's yeah. at the uh, end of March. I don't know if that's too soon or not. Um, I'll kind of I'll probably kind of update that like more towards like February to see how I feel though, because I mean I already have the endurance base from running mm-hmm. all the uh, mm-hmm. you know from um running all the uh, 100s and everything that I yeah, – because that's the one thing about running a 100. Your body always remembers. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, because I didn't – I don't really regularly train for these things. I just – I've you know, like, the last, like, three years, I've just been racing, like, virtually every weekend. Yeah. So yeah. my running during the week was uh, is pretty uh, slim to none. Yeah. But, um – but, yeah, like – um like with a hundred mile race, if you've done them before, you could pretty much go out and finish. I'm not saying you'll do well, but you know, <laughs> at least break the 30 hour mark if you're doing a flat course. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a while. I mean, it's it's amazing how how the body remembers. You know, even yeah. if you're, you're out of shape and you used to run or even used to lift, because when I when I have a season where uh, yeah. Like right, right, right now, I'm doing the, the I'm doing the treadmill challenge on Monday, but uh, yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, after all these 100s, like, uh, like lately, I mean, I'm I'm taking a break today just to give my hip a little chance to rest, though. But the last like uh, seven days in a row, you know, I've done the uphill walk on the treadmill for an hour, and I tell you what, though, I haven't, I, I didn't listen to music, I didn't do anything, but after running all these 100s, that hour felt like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, you, you can get like quick. It's crazy. Yeah. I tell people, I know I've done, I've done hundred milers with, with no headphones or anything on. And I tell them you can just, I, I, you know, just, you, I stopped, um, I stopped listening. I stopped listening to music a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of get into a zone and go. I'd say like a good two, three years ago. Yeah. And it's even before like listening to David Goggins and stuff like that. I just, it just came, you know, especially for ultra marathons. 
music's good for short distance stuff, I find. Yeah. When you're there out there four, five, six hours, after a while, the headphones just make your ears spin. You're just like, I don't want to listen to it anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could just, yeah, get annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you just get tired of having headphones in your ears. Yep, yep. I have listened to books before, you know, just like a, you know, like a whole, I could, I've listened to David Goggins actually while I was running a race before. So, yeah. But, um, well, man, um, so I mean, uh, hopefully you get, uh, healed up. It sounds like, it sounds like you're like a lot of us. You just determine you, you know, you'll figure it out and, you know, well, I mean, you know, the, the arthritis slash degenerative joint, joint disease slash whatever's wrong with my hip. I mean, it's, it's more of a permanent issue, so it's not something that's going to go away. Yeah. But the way I look at it is, you know, it just puts me on a time, ha- a time hack on when I, you know, being that I don't have much longer to accomplish all this stuff. So I'm just looking at it like I'm just going to accomplish what I can when I can. So, yeah, yeah, gotcha. You know, who knows? I mean, if I could regenerate enough, maybe like two, three years from now, I'll try this record again. But, yeah, you know, for this, for this year, um, I put my, I did put myself in for the Leadville Lottery. <laughs> and I plan on uh, applying for Badwater. I figure those are deep enough into the summer where – you know, I should have enough time to recover. I mean, if I don't, I don't. I'll just give it my best. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 uh, man. I always like to. Um, well, and first of all, congratulations on 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 what you accomplished. I mean, it's amazing. I know you. Um, you know, there were three. It was fun watching all you guys. You know, do the running you were doing and the races, and I mean, just uh, and really cool to you know just see you doing it with the flag, man, waving the flag, and and I love it. You know. <laughs> pretty awesome i mean you know that that flag like over the past like um over the past four years has just been it's just become a part of me you know yeah like yeah race without it anymore you know it's yeah i've gotten so used to running with it i don't even know what it feels like to run without it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well uh with with all the especially uh, guys like you that has so much mo- so much experience, I always like to to kind of finish out the podcast and uh, asking uh, a few questions about like about gear you're using and and it's kind of funny because you know everybody's a little different but but like um uh, this year this past year doing the the races what um what's been your favorite like hydration pack or what kind of pack were you uh were you using? Well, see, I'm I'm more of a volume guy, so I'm not really too much of a speed guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like, um, it de- it depended though, like, cause I don't really care for drop bags that much. Yeah. So like, if I'm doing a point to point, I'm gonna carry, you know, like all all the five hour energies I need to get me through the night. I'm gonna carry a couple sets of socks. I'm gonna carry, you know, the jack the jacket if it gets cold. I just tie that around my waist and you know just put it on as needed. Um, so like, um, I'll wear a bigger size camelback. I mean, I'll still, I'll usually keep like a 50 ounce bladder, yeah. but you know, I'll put, I'll put some gear in, um, in a camelback and everything. If I'm doing a multi-loop course, like let's say I got a 10 mile loop or a five mile loop or whatever that I'm doing over and over again, I'll, I'll then I'll use a drop bag. I'll stage it at the, uh, start finish area. Yeah. You know, Cause like a lot of these races I did this year, I would cross the finish line and then just go directly to the airport and fly back. Yeah. So like, I had to be able to grab my stuff and go because, you know, I, you know, I still I still worked a full time job the entire time I did this. Yeah. So, you know, like and it was it would be a nightmare. Like I would get in, I would get home at like 3 a.m. on Monday and then have to be at work at 5 a.m. So, 
Wow. <laughs> I basically, I would get through the day on Monday not having slept since, like, Friday. Just <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, like, living, you know, I mean, yeah, that there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of the back end stuff that nobody really sees, like when they see all the finishes on Facebook or Instagram yeah. or whatever. You know, but like yeah, I still worked a full time job with it all, you know, like um it was very difficult logistically to set up. Um I pretty much drained my life savings, so I have nothing left. I've maxed out four credit cards. And, wow. Uh, still raised about fifteen thousand dollars. So all you know, like this was a very expensive endeavor. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of this year is going to be spent paying all that off. Um, you know, but I said, you know, but like I say, I'm still going to have a few, I always got to have a few events in there. Yeah. You know, usually, yeah. usually if I run out of money, I just run five Ks on the weekend just to kind of stay out in the community and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I also like the, I also like to keep the presence of the, well, the packs probably with the, with the hip issue, the pack's going to go bye bye. I can't run with the 45 pound pack anymore. Yeah, because I think that might have been more so the cause of my hip issue than running the 100s. I think the 100s just kind of sent me over the top with it. Yeah, exacerbated a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, because even like the even the four marathons in four days I did with the pack in uh, 2017. You know, on Thanksgiving Day that year when I did the first one, I felt I felt like I was stabbed in the hips by a knife. Hmm. And then I just went out there the next day, and after I trotted for a mile or two, the pain just went away. Yeah, but you know, I've I've probably had this issue for a while, like even before this year, and this year it just really flared up. So, yeah. well, well, well so that's my theory anyway. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. this year. I mean, well, so so uh, so hydration pack wise, you just pack heavy. You you do you kind of like yeah, military use, military uh, bar gown. You just pack what you need, so you have something with some volume on it. Is is what you yeah. Yeah, for I mean, uh, I'll never wear a 45 pound pack for a 100 miler though. Don't get right, me wrong. Right, right, right. That's not even, you know, usually 50k or less. I wear the 45 pound pack. I don't go anything above that. Although I did use it for a 50 miler once. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I used it for us uh, for the second time. I did the Palmanock 70k. I still yeah. finished, both, but it was just brutal. Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, but as far as like hydration systems, uh, usually I use like a Camelback Mini Mule. Okay, gotcha. I don't know. I don't necessarily always use the Camelback bladders because I'm not really a fan of them. Yeah. Like the mini, the mini mule. It's very small. It's like about the size. It's slightly larger than your hand. Um, it's got a little pouch. You could, you could fit, you know, like a, you could fit like um, it's a tight fit, but you could fit what you need, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. um, it's for it's meant it's meant for a 50 ounce bladder, but I've I've fit as high as a 70 ounce in there. You just have to kind of cram it in. You know, yeah, if you have yeah. like a, um, if you have one that's a little bit more on the slender side, you can get it in there. Gotcha, and then, gotcha. um, yeah, sometimes um, I'll, I'll use like the bigger one I have. It's it's an off brand. I think Quest makes it. It's like a cheap knockoff, but it just has a little bit more space in there. That's all. Okay, gotcha. So, gotcha. You know, if I have a multi loop course, I'll wear the small one. If I, um, you know, if I have like a point to point or an out and back, I'll, uh, you know, wear the bigger one. Okay. Well, uh, what what uh what shoes are you wearing, man? What's your favorite trail shoe? Ultra Olympus. All right, good. I love I love them too, man. That's one of my favorites. That's probably the reason I've lasted. <laughs> I used to, I used to used to swear by Hoka's, but Hoka's tend to destroy your toes and leave nothing left to them. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I get blisters here and there with Ultras, but not nearly as bad as when I use the Hoka's. And then um. 
Ultra Ultra Two, they also sent me the uh, paradigms for the road. Mm-hmm. And um, I used them at the Miami 100, and they felt great though, because I mean the Keys 100 destroyed me, but the Miami 100, I, I crossed the finish line feeling pretty good with the uh, paradigms. Um, they're they're like the road version of the Olympus. They have the similar amount of padding. Yeah. I, I did the Tahoe 200 with the Olympus, and man, my they they kept my feet happy and healthy, man. So yeah, I I, I believe in the Olympus. Drawback though is they get shredded pretty easily. Yeah, my mine took mine. Well, I, I wore mine for the Tahoe 200, and then um, it's on the race like uh the Pinhoti yeah, yeah. one destroyed the. I I wore a brand new set to the Pinhoti 100, and it destroyed them. Huh. It ripped wow. them to pieces, and then um I they also got ripped. I had another set get ripped to pieces on the Lone Star, but the Lone Star is also a very rugged race. It's that um well you you know it's that it's that typical like West Coast like loose rock like yeah yeah like East huh. East Coast the, well East Coast has a lot of rocks and roots but it's but there's a lot more vegetation trees dirt you know it's yeah West Coast is a little bit drier yeah where you're at. Well, um, so okay, so that for sh- so Ultra Olympus for your, your favorite trail shoes, and then uh, what are you what are you using for uh for a headlamp for light? What's your favorite uh there? A little Energizer one, and then um later on down the road I was sent a waist light. Yeah. So usually, uh, usually what I would do, you know, like um I do like the waist light because I see uh I see the uh, rocks and roots a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I try to use that only on the technical stuff, so I I mostly run off the headlamp. Gotcha. But the thing with the headlamps, though, is, um, you know, just keeping tabs on. I mean, I use a cheap Energizer one, so I always got to keep tabs on the batteries. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, like once that light starts to go dim, it puts you right to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So what are you using? Uh, I'm trying to, I was trying to place it. What what uh, what GPS watch you wear in there, man? Got a Phoenix 3. Uh, okay. Garmin. And that's what it's, you uh, use for your races? Yeah, I've been using it for about three years, and then I got I bring a uh, external USB for a battery. Gotcha. Okay. You know, um, and usually, usually the watch itself. Um, I mean, it's a little older, so it doesn't last quite as long as it used to, though. But um, usually I can get the. You, I mean, it'll die at about seventeen, eighteen hours, but usually at the fifteen hour mark, I'll throw the charger on it. Gotcha. Either okay. that, or either fifteen hours or fifty miles. You know, like if it's a yeah. flat course, fifteen hours. You know yeah but, yeah okay and then what do you do for uh what's your your go-to for uh during a race for for your electrolytes and nutrition during a race uh this year i've largely been uh living off the aid stations okay so just drinking whatever electrolyte drink they got there like, and uh, yeah like um usually i'll start off with water and then once i get to a stop like whether it be gatorade heat whatever they got like i'll, I'll throw that in my uh camel back though because you know like Water alone ain't gonna get you through a 100, but you need some kind of, yeah. you know, liquid and liquid cal. I like I prefer liquid cal. Well, I like liquid calories too though, cause like liquid calories like absorb. So like if you do get indigestion, at least you're absorbing something. Yeah, yeah. yeah cause I think there's only maybe been like two or three races this year where I haven't puked my brains out all night. So. <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep what you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um. I, I, what the worst was, but there was one race. It might have been Forbidden Forest, maybe. I was puking after mile 30, and somehow I pulled it off. <sighs> and that, uh, and that Cape Fear Badwater one, that uh, 50-miler one I ran, um, I just got over having food poisoning, so I couldn't digest anything. Oh, so I man. did that that entire 50 miles off the tailwind. 
Oh gosh, that's that's rough. Yeah. I mean, at least I was absorbing calories, though. You know, I mean, it, it was a race, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you've ever done that one, you know, like thirty-eight miles of it are in le- are on the beach. So. Oh wow! Yeah, no, yeah. I hadn't done that one. I had some some friends that have done it though. It's it's, it's a good race though. I liked it though. You know, it's a. Yeah. Uh... yeah. Well, um. Well, man, so so the last question I'm going to ask you before we before we get off and move, because a lot of people ask me this question, and I have people that I'll, I'll post a race I do, and and it's it, it's a one word, it's it's why, <laughs> why why do we do why these not? things? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> I get it all the time. Like, why do you do this? Why? <laughs> well, you know, well, you know what it is though. Like, um, it's one of those things where you're just kind of seeing what you're capable of. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think a, lot, a lot, you know, and like a lot more people are capable of a lot more than they think they are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Though, ever, like a lot of people put walls in front of themselves and everything. And, you know, most of the time it's just like just fear of trying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, though? Like people are people can accomplish much more than they think they can. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I do personal training. I I don't push my clients that far to the limit. Yeah. You know, I do want them to come back and, you know, I also don't want to, uh, injure them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I try to, you know, like a, a lot of my clients like, uh, look up to what I do too, though. Like, um, I have a client, Miley, she, um, she got heavy in the Spartan racing because of me. She started out, you know, just wanting to lose a little weight and get in shape. And next thing you know, she's running multiple trifectas and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like, um, yeah, people are capable of doing more than um, you know, more than they think they can. It's just a matter of just going out there and doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of people they're just afraid to try. You know. Yeah, I yeah, and I I agree. I just you know, and that's part of the reason I do a lot of the things I do too is just just to 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 push my limits, but also to to inspire others. And when people people say I could never do that, uh, yeah, you can. You just have to put forth. The effort, you know. Well, especially with ultra distances, though, because I t- I try to enforce that on people. You don't have to be in the best shape of the world. You just have to know yourself, and you just have to uh, come up with a plan. You know, it's that's because well, most of it's just planning and preparation. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you want, you know, if you obviously if you want to win, you have to be in phenomenal, like yeah. out of this world shape. But like, if you're if you're going out for a finish, like if you're trying to do a 100 in under 30 hours, for example, you just have to know your capabilities, get used to running at night, you know, come up with a pacing strategy, something that you can hold, you know, it's, you know, make sure your nutrition's on point, you know, I mean, and a lot of that just comes up with, so like me, I got, um, I, I pretty, a lot of, a lot of my stuff, I just got off a trial and error. Yeah. I just went out and started doing them and then, you know, I screwed up a few times, but I, you know, I figured out what I did wrong and then I fixed it, you know. It's kind of like life, man. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to be successful every single time, but if you know, I mean, I I've DNF more to, DNF more events than I can count on both my hands, but you know, it hasn't stopped me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You just get you know, it's like, you know, my mom used to say that about me when I was learning the. I mean, I don't have too much memory of it because I was young though. But when my mom told me when I when I was uh, learning how to ride a bike, I stayed out there all day and kept falling off and falling off and falling <laughs> off, and then eventually I got it. <laughs> yeah 
There you go. Like, That's it. Don't let it stop you. You just keep, you know, you fall off the bike. You just get back on and keep going, you know. That's it. That's it. Well, Billy, man, I appreciate you taking time, and I know uh, you know people have been inspired by what you do, what you've done, and uh, we're just looking forward to following you, man. And I, I'll make sure and put all your um, your uh, social media on on the show notes for those who aren't following you already. And uh, man, just thank you for for waving the flag, man. Thank you for being proud of the country, and uh, you know, pointing people in the right direction. I appreciate that. No, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Wasn't that crazy? Uh, Billy's done some pretty amazing things. I'll have some uh, some pictures and a link to his social media. If you go to www.runtheriot.run, um, there'll be some links there and some pictures there. Uh, you can check all that out. Uh, also, uh, on that page, there'll be a link to um, to Audible. Um, you can click that link there and you can, I mean, I listen to a lot of books. Uh, you can click on that link there and it'll, um, support the show and you get some, get a free book and a free 30 day trial and all that fun stuff. And, and you can experience listening to books while you're running or working out. And, uh, man, I get a lot of learning done that way. So, so check that out. And, uh, also this week. We'll be doing something kind of new. We'll have uh, what I'm calling the midweek motivation. So on Wednesday, um, there'll be a release. It'll be really short. There'll probably be like three to five minutes. But just just a little what's going on, uh, kind of going what's going on in my head, uh, what I need for motivation. Uh, I think this week we're going to talk about some discipline about living a life of discipline and um yeah who knows what this is going to morph into uh but it'll be real short and you can check it out if not uh whatever you can wait till the next uh regular episode that comes out on um on Sunday mornings but um but on Wednesday be looking out for the midweek motivation from the Run the Riot podcast hey man i hope you have a great week hope you all guys are you guys are enjoying uh, the new year and uh, just working hard toward your goals, man. Get some cool stuff done. And uh, yeah, let me know what you guys have planned. Take care.